0: I'm going to give you, it will sound a little strange to you, but God woke me up two nights ago at 4 a.m., and he gave me the idea, and God's ideas are always way greater than my ideas, so just hold on to it. Now here's a verse, by the way, the the title of this, this, basically this one night, which is a whole weekend really, following God forward to the Spirit-filled life how does that work what does that look like so here's verse that you know by heart john 10:10 10, 10. jesus said it like this i have come that they may have life and have it to the full you see jesus wants all christ followers to have a life that's filled with meaning purpose joy hope and of course eternal life forever. No matter what the circumstances, that's what he wants. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. And we're starting to see light, it's breaking out, and it's going to get better and better as God helps us. Now, here we go. This will be different for you. This is the Port Canaveral Cruise Terminal, and we're taking all of you on it free. No, I am not. That is not what I'm... If you want to pay for it, go for it. No, I'm just joking with you. Now, look at that, and listen to what I'm going to say. You and your wife have never taken a cruise, but both of you are sitting on the dock watching the ship leave the port without you as they start a two-week sailing. How fulfilled would you be as the boat leaves and you're not on it? How excited would you be sitting there watching it go? Tell me. No, you'd be very frustrated. You know why? Because you have never before got on a ship and never experienced the joy of a cruise. Never. Sitting there and not going is crazy. You're crazy. Sit there and watch it go. Bye. Okay. Second, another illustration. You'll understand where these are. You guys at home and Viera Sebastian as well. You'll understand all these. Here's the city of Jerusalem. Let me just tell you something first. When you see all of that happening... Here, when we go to Israel, and I have more to say about that at the end of the service. When we go to Israel, we come through a tunnel after we get there. And the first thing you see when you come from the tunnel is you see that. And we just begin crying on the bus. I've done it, Linda and I have done it 17 years. And people just begin, because we play Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. So let me just share this with you. Port Canaveral, oh, you already got it. City of Jerusalem. You and your wife, different couple, have never been to Israel, but you decide to fly there because you heard so many good things. But you fly there by yourself. You take a city bus when you arrive at the airport that gives you an overlook of the city of Jerusalem, and you're so excited. But you do not have a guide, so you don't know what to do next. So next, you get a cab to your hotel in downtown Jerusalem, and you walk through the city for five days by yourself. You don't know what you're even looking at. Five days, and then you go to the airport, and you fly back home. Now, let me ask you a question. How fulfilled would you be? You you would be frustrated because you never really experienced the nation of Israel. Now, you would have missed 15, when we go, 15 to 30 teachings, if you go with a guide or a pastor, 15 to 30 pieces preaching, teaching, and that you will understand those are all biblical sites. And when you leave, when you go with us or anybody that's a pastor teaching and leading, the Bible comes alive. But you never left Jerusalem, and you had nobody to share anything with you. So you would never experience the Bible coming alive because you didn't finish what you needed to do. Now, last weekend, we learned that there's a distinct experience for every Christ follower, and it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you missed last weekend, just go online, get the teaching so it'll bring you up to speed. And that is essential The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the starting point after you're a Christian. That is essential for every single Christ follower. And here's the way, but look, remember we have all those relationships with the Holy Spirit comes alongside us, uh, convicts us, comes into us. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, every Christ follower. This is the third one, Holy Spirit relationship number three. You learned it last week. Empowered by the Spirit comes upon or overflows. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit after you're saved and these things are happening is the first step. So Jesus told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait until they would receive the gift of God and they would then be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Once filled with the Holy Spirit, then they could begin to fulfill what Jesus gave them. The Great Commission, to go into all the world and make disciples. Now, today, we will discover that the disciples would learn another lifestyle other than the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being in addition to that. It is called, as I already told you in the title, the Spirit-Filled Life. Say it with me, Spirit-Filled Life. Now, the short part is S F L. Spirit-filled life. Now, here's something that's very important. So, take a look at this picture. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway to the Spirit- filled life. So, that door is a symbol of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where you receive the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit. But, you can't hang at the door. There's a whole world waiting for you that God wants you to move to. So the spirit-filled life, you, ha- you don't stand at the door. It's like going to Jerusalem, sitting in the city, go home, you never left. It's like going to the cruise port. You sit there, the boat goes, you nothing, you never even walked away from it. You just got in your hard car and drove home. Well, here's the problem. Take a look at this. I have it on the overhead because you have to understand this. Many Christ followers have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Viera, Sebastian, but you guys at home, but they don't go forward. So they have never discovered and experienced the Spirit filled life. The Spirit filled life. S F L. Now, It's a lifestyle. What is that lifestyle? It's a lifestyle directed. Lifestyle. It is not an event. There's one baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then there's many refillings and new ones, and you'll see that in the teaching. So, When you see that happening, the door is the event of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then you move to a lifestyle that's directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit leads us. So he's the boss. And we submit to him. So here's what under his influence really means. And that abbreviation is U H I to have an effect upon, to guide, and to impact. Now, let's turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Acts. And you can do that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And that is Acts chapter 1, verse 12. I will read it to you. I'll spend just a moment while you get there. And we'll read verses, basically, some of this I will summarize as we go later, but right now I will read that to you. Now then... They returned to Jerusalem. Remember, Jesus said, wait, wait. From the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present, now look at this, were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women that were there, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, with Jesus' brothers. Remember, his brothers initially weren't interested in God at all. But after the resurrection, they all got saved. So they're all in this room. The total number, 120. Now, for the next 10 days while they're waiting, what was happening in that room? What was happening in the room? Well, here's what we know. They continued to be obedient and praying and decided to obey Jesus and wait to be unpowered before they started their ministry. Remember, Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Spirit before he could start any ministry. So they knew that, so they waited. They were filled with expectation, knowing when God says, Jesus says, there's a gift coming, they know it's going to come. It's promised. So they they knew that they would be baptized and empowered with the Holy Spirit. They were in unity. Now stop and think about that. 120 people, all in unity, and they had one purpose. God fill us, overflow us with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's one other thing, and don't forget this, because this will go on and on over the next few weeks. As we continue on, like next week, we're going to talk about what are the signs when you're filled with the Spirit, what does that do to your life? Very practical things, very amazingly practical, powerful things. But look it, they were in union, had one purpose, so take a look on the screen. During those 10 days, while they were waiting and praying, God began to empty them, these 120, from their apathy... Their fear, remember the disciples ran, got away, afraid what was going to happen. They were going to be crucified. Carnality, living in the flesh. Pride, self-promotion, big one. That's us, we're self, selfish, we promote ourselves. And self-ambition. I don't need that, Jesus, I'll do it my way. So they're emptying that. D.L. Moody, a great evangelist, amazing evangelist, Started Moody Institute in Chicago. Did a re- worldwide revivals. Look what he says. There must be an emptying before there can be a filling. That is powerful. You see the things I just mentioned to you? You, you can't be filled with God. If you're fearful, you apathy, you're prideful, you're self-promoting, you're self, there's no way. Because the Holy Spirit won't come in and allow that to happen. He will not fill you. So, look at verse 4. All of them were filled, after they did all this, with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they emptied themselves of their carnality. Let's just put it like that in a simple word. They emptied themselves. And as they did that, now all 120... Basically, they're speaking in tongues. They're totally filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by that Spirit. Now, all 120. Now, you ought to know this because we've talked about it many times. We, we know that in town, there was a celebration time. A thousands of Jewish people from all different parts of the world, they would all come back to Jerusalem for that celebration. And when the disciples in these 120 are speaking in languages they don't know, but these thousands of people from these different nations are going, uh, they're, speaking oh, no, they're speaking in my language. 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 And they think, well, how can that be? Those guys don't know all of our languages, but God knew all of the languages, and so did the Holy Spirit. So as that happened, then Peter says with them, come, I'll explain some things to you. Remember, they first said, well, you're drunk. That's why you're doing this. Well, no. When they see, you know what, the, what they were saying in those languages, all the different languages? They were worshiping God. They were praising the God. Now, these Jews believed in God, but not Jesus Christ. So they knew this was a God thing. So then Peter says, come on, join me. And he goes in and he preaches his first sermon ever to thousands and thousands of Jews who don't believe in Jesus. Now, this is the same Peter that 50 days before on the night. Just before Jesus would be crucified. Remember what Jesus said three times? Oh, you're one of those Jesus followers. No, don't know the man. Another person, oh, oh I know you. I, I've heard you talk with Jesus. No, not me. And one more time, no. And Jesus is watching this from the inside. And Peter denies Jesus three times. Now, you talk about one of the biggest sins in the world. After you followed him for three years... And you watch what he did? That's huge. So what is he going to do now? Well, watch what he does. He's going to go in, and he is boldly going to proclaim Jesus, the Messiah. Hello. Now think about that. In front of those thousands of people who didn't believe, why the difference? Because he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he begins his Spirit-filled life. He's walked through the door. He's not just baptized. He doesn't say, wow, we got baptized. The tongues are here like that, and the, the sound is there, and all of this is happening. He goes right to teaching. He says, I'm walking. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That gave me the power. And he moves right past the door to the Spirit-filled life. Where is he going to? thousands of people. This is just me, I'm Peter. He's now going to preach his first sermon to thousands of people. Now, that's a change in your life. It's not the baptism. They've already received it. It's the Spirit-filled life. He's entered it for the first time. He will be excited as he goes through because you know the end of the story. Now, as he's doing this, Basically, you see it this, a lifestyle directed, again, empowered by the Holy Spirit, living under his influence, a spiritual life, is the second step, spirit-filled life. I have a P there, maybe, maybe the guys change it. Yeah, it should be, no, they didn't change it. It's, It's basically the second step, baptism in the Holy Spirit, now then you go through the door, that experience, an event, it's a wonderful event, and then you move forward. And you'll see something as we go through. Now, Peter boldly told them, amazingly, to these people, because he knows the Jewish people don't believe in Jesus at all. But he boldly talks about Jesus, the real Messiah, and that, even worse for them, that he has been resurrected from the dead. They didn't believe in that. So when the people heard this, eventually, the Holy Spirit was working. Their hearts were cut to themselves. And basically, they said to Peter, Peter, this is new to us. We don't really believe that, but we're kind of feeling maybe you're right. What should we do? Well, take a look. I put it on the overhead for you. Peter says this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you, will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So when they heard that Jesus was their Messiah, you know what happened? 3,000 Jews, 3,000, his first sermon, 3,000 Jews repented and put their faith in Jesus. That is a miracle. Could I hear an amen there? I'd like to preach my first sermon, 3,000 people came. Of course, it's not Peter. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, as you well know. Now, verse 1-8, look at this. Jesus said, this is the promise God's going to give you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Where is he? He's in Jerusalem. And in Judea and Samaria, into the ends of the earth. Remember, Jesus said that the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit was for God's power to enable them to boldly proclaim the good news to the whole world, starting where they were, in Jerusalem. Today, basically, we are called to do exactly the same thing. See, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just love it. It's wonderful. Good. Use it like Jesus said. We are now to be witnesses. We are to be a witness and witnessing to the lost people. Amazing! This last day or two, I was in a medical place. Doesn't matter. No name, no needed, because one of the people may come. And uh, while I was there, um, I was talking to uh, uh, someone, and and all of a sudden, she just began. We just began to talking about stuff, and uh, uh, we were talking about. She said. Uh, How how long does it take for you to get a sermon? I says, well, usually 25 to 30 hours a week. And I said, the reason I do that is because, uh, number one, I have to give application. Because if the people have no application when they leave, they got a bunch of words, but they don't know what it means. And so in about 20 minutes, even less than probably 10, I went through all the things of the Holy Spirit. Step one, step two, and step three. While she's working on me. The whole thing. And I have to tell you this. So don't spread it. Just listen to this. Another gal's coming in to see, to learn from her. You don't know who she is. Learn from her how to do what she was doing for me. And she knocked on the door. And she came in and she said, excuse me, to the the person taking care of me. She says, I was outside the door listening to what he said. (laughs) Two people at the same time in an office that had nothing to do with anything. That's God. It's not me. He opened the door. He opened the door. I went through the whole thing. I was so excited when I came home. And by the way, they did a great job anyway. All right, now. Now, think about this. Acts chapter 3, I'm going to summarize it. You can kind of follow along if you like, but I'm going to go fairly fast. Peter and John, next day or two, they go to the temple. They were always going to the temple for prayer. See, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you say, well, I don't need to pray anymore. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Prayer is the major thing. you got to go back and pray. You thank God anyway from the start. So they saw a lame man who had never walked in his whole life. Never. But they had seen the same man many times because they'd always be going to the temple to pray. Now, as they're doing that, they go and they see this man But this time, Peter doesn't stop. He doesn't throw, because he's asking for money, he doesn't throw, Peter doesn't throw any money in his little bag. Basically, Peter says this, look at me. Look at me. I don't have that money for you, but I got something else for you. So he looks at the man. Now, why would Peter say that to the man that he'd seen over and over and over again? Look at me. Well, it's the Holy Spirit as he's there. The Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're starting the spiritual life, you will be sensitive to the things that the Holy Spirit is saying to you. It will, you go, oh, I think the Holy Spirit, that's when I was there in that medical place. It was just like God said, this is an open door. I didn't even think about it. I just, I just opened up and started teaching. Well, this is what he's doing. He stopped. He didn't give him money, but he says, I've got something for you. And what does that mean? The Holy Spirit had said to him, stop right here. I'm going to heal this man. And he gave him an extra dose of faith. So he says to the lame man, stand up and walk. Never walked in his life. Would you call that a little bold step of faith from somebody? In your mind, what are you thinking? If I say this and it doesn't work, I'm going to look like an idiot to all these people. Immediately, he doesn't just get up and walk. He's running and jumping all over. How do you think Peter and John feel? Yes, you got it. Because they've started that spirit-filled life. Now, when that was going on, Peter then, in, in the name of Jesus, he just said to him, walk and that's what happened it was in the name of jesus so immediately was healed supernaturally never walked before in his life and all the crowds of jews are going into the temple to pray and they know this guy they've never seen him in all the years they've been there ever walk and they're looking like that's him the beggar he's running and they were shocked And so Peter just explained to them that it was by the faith in Jesus that this man was completely healed. Now, it wasn't only the Jews that didn't believe in Jesus looking at this man and going, what in the world? The Jewish leaders were watching because there was turmoil. The people were excited. They were screaming. And they were just excited what this happened. And so basically as this went forward... Crowds of Jewish unbelievers came, and as they were shocked, and, and then moving in next, of course, is the religious leaders who were shocked also, but angry like crazy because Peter and John are talking about who? Jesus. They hate that. They don't believe in that. So they put Peter and John in jail overnight. You know, sometimes when you step up from God, step up for God, Satan also steps up. Don't worry about it. God will take care of us. So as this happened, they, the crowd watched them go into jail. They knew they were putting them to jail. But as they go into the jail, we find out later, 2,000 of those people who had watched this, they got saved. Now there's 5,000 people. That's the Spirit-filled life, the power and direction of the Holy Spirit. See, if you stand at the door, oh, this is nice. Baptism the Holy Spirit. This is great. I like this power. No. What is Jesus always saying? Go, go, go. What have we said this last year since January? Go forward. That's exactly what they did. Not, it's not about Peter. It's not about John. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit and the direction of and they're leading. He is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He obeys what the Spirit says. Forget the money. Tell them to rise up. So we begin to see it's a changed life in many ways. Now, as the Jewish leaders come the next morning and they bring him out, here's what they say. By what power they knew, this was not man, by what power or name did you do this? Look what Peter says. Take a look on the overhead. Acts 4.8. Then Peter, looking red or yellow, filled with the Holy Spirit again, said to them. Now look at me just for a moment. Luke's writing this. Why is Luke, the writer of Acts, adding filled with the Spirit? It doesn't say then Peter said to them. No, it says Peter filled with the Holy Spirit again. Well, why is it? If the Holy Spirit, once you get that, it's step one, and it's permanent, why do you need to be filled again there? What's up with that? Well, take a look. Peter was initially filled on the day of Pentecost, but here he is refilled again. Now, why was he going to need that? Because the filling of the Holy Spirit gives you power to face difficult situations. He knows what he's in front of. He's already spent one night, Peter and John, in jail. He knows bad things are going to come. So God just gives him another dose of power, fills him again. Now, again, he's operating in the Spirit-filled life. Remember, the Spirit-filled life is directed, a lifestyle, it's not an event, a lifestyle directed and powered by the Holy Spirit under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He's leading them, and Peter and John are obeying him. Now... Peter needed to be filled again, because that would give him not only there, he already was bold, but he knows something's going to happen after this. So look what Peter says after Jesus, a night in jail. Look what he says to these leaders. This is why he needed power. Look at this, Acts 4.12. He looks at these men who don't believe in Jesus. They're very powerful Jewish leaders. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name And Jesus, under heaven, given to man by which we must be saved. Wow. Well, if you go down to Acts chapter 17, at 4 and 17, and so these leaders get together and they say to each other privately, We got to stop this. And you know the word they use? We got to stop this spread among the people. The spread about the name of Jesus and salvation. We gotta stop this. It's spreading through the whole town. Hello? Of course it is. There, we have to make sure that they we're just gonna threaten them. Never say anything again in the name of Jesus, and you'll be fine. If so, you're in trouble. So they're trying to stop the spreading. See, the Jewish Peter leaders commanded Peter and John. Do not speak, do not teach in the name of Jesus because of the power of good news, of salvation. Shut it off with. Quit spreading it. It's going everywhere among our people, and you're teaching false things. Well, remember the spreading of the gospel by the Holy Spirit. That was God's plan all along. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. It was always a plan, and it was alive, and it spread. Now, but Peter and John, when they were told, never speak again. Guess what John and Peter said? No. They said this. We don't respond to you. We obey our God. We need more of that today. We need a lot more of that. You're not our boss. We're submitted to God, the all-knowing God. And we will not submit to you. That's powerful. See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Spirit-filled life. Bold enough to say they don't know what's going to happen after that. So basically they're saying, no, it's good news. It's about Jesus, and I don't care. Then they threaten him some more, but here's what happened. When they threaten him, they're going to get worse, but then they look around, and all these people are starting to praise God. They to get out of this place. Let's go somewhere else. Now, what is Peter and John going to do? They've moved past the door of being filled with the Spirit. Now they're living the spirit life. Well, what I'll tell you what happens. Peter and John go back to their own people, not the 120. We don't know who they really are. And they report that the chief priests and the elders, what they said to them. Then the people all prayed. Now he's telling them, I, we spent the night in jail. We didn't know what was going to happen to us. Then they threatened us again. So look, at, look what happens in verse 29. Here's their prayer. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with what? Great boldness. Now, if you just spent a night in jail, that'd be a hard prayer. Give us boldness to speak the truth with Great boldness, God. We don't care what's going to happen. We're just asking you to give us power. Now, notice, they were praying to continue the Spirit-filled life. Don't stop. Don't go back to the door. Keep going. That's what God's doing. Now, look at verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit And spoke the word of God boldly. Well, here we go again. Why does Peter and all of these people need another filling of the Holy Spirit? Because they're in the Spirit filled life. They have moved forward and they're now living in that life. Now, here's something. This is very important for you to write down or at least put it in your mind and watch it on your notes. Take a look at this key truth the spirit filled life spirit filled life coming under the influence of the holy spirit is a lifestyle that must be renewed and refreshed renewed and refreshed the spirit filled life has to be renewed why and you'll learn in one of the next couple weeks because it's very, these are normal people just like us We leak, and I'll show you many pastors that have talked about that for the years. Billy Graham's one. He said that's one of the greatest problems we have with the church. People got filled with the Spirit, then they leak. What what do I mean by leak? I'll explain more of it later because we don't have a lot of time, but it means this. I, I, I leak the Spirit of God, and I go back to who's guiding me, go back to my wisdom, my old flesh, and pretty soon, I'm useless. God won't open a door. Because I'm not in flowing with God. So he knew that there's going to be more trouble coming. So he just asked. They prayed and they got filled again. So what does that mean? This is important. The Spirit-filled life empowers us to be and to live as a witness for Jesus anywhere, any circumstance. He knows there's more coming. He doesn't care anymore because he's under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember one day, Jesus said this to the disciples. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, the good news to everyone. Now, when they would go and teach, it was not their words. You have to use words. But it wasn't their words. It was God's power behind the gospel. Acts 1-8, remember? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. They knew this. They have power. So it's not a verse or a teaching. It's a personal promise from God. They knew if they did this and they shared the gospel, God promises to empower them to speak and share the gospel with boldness. And God promises to empower them. To take the good news to the whole world. And as you remember, in 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it was, they, these 120 plus others turned their whole world upside down. Because they didn't stand at the door. They kept going forward. Now, boldness, sharing their, the good news, obviously requires God's power and boldness to us. Here's why you have to be bold. When God opens the door, we have to be bold. Now, you're not brash, just like I was with that situation. You know what happened? I forgot to tell you. That morning, before I went for my appointment, I said, God, because I knew a lot of the people in the departments, many of them Christians. I didn't know this gal at all. But I said, God, if, if you want, open a door, and I'll try to share something in love with people. Boom. He does it. So... Understand this, boldness is engaging in conversation when you know somebody's searching. Here's the hard one. Boldness is speaking the truth even when you know it won't be accepted. How many of you have shared the truth, and you know when you go share, God's told you to share, but you know, because you've dealt with this before, that these people aren't interested at all? Can I see your hands? Yeah. So what do we do? We just give up, right? No, we wait for another time. Now, you're not brashing them. You're not doing whatever. Because we don't change a person's heart. The Holy Spirit does. But we just go and continue to do that. Now, this I wrote, and I love it. The spiritual life is a lifestyle that proves we are controlled by the Holy Spirit in every aspect of our lives. Personal, family, work, in the church. Now, Can I go back to the very same picture we already had? Take a look at this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway to the Spirit-filled life. Remember, Christ followers that only focus on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is essential, obviously, they never are going to... Now, here, this goes back to the cruise, and this goes back to Jerusalem. They will never experience the joy of a spirit-filled life by going forward and trusting God to continue to guide and empower them. So let me ask you a question tonight. Let's go back to the two illustrations. They go to Israel. They don't have a guide. They go and spend five days. They don't know what they're doing. They've missed the most of the whole trip of Israel because they were basically standing by the door. They never experienced anything. The ship, they wanted to go on a cruise, never been on a cruise. The boat goes, they're sitting there in this dock, Well, let me ask you a question. Are you standing in the doorway? Let's put that picture back up. Are you standing at the door? Well, so Pastor Mark, that's great. Baptism, of the spirit. Of course it is. But we don't get stuck there. As we open the door, the world opens up to us. Our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, our students at work. God opens it up, and we will never experience the joy and never reach what God wants for us. Can you imagine how basically Peter felt in a few days? 5,000 people getting saved? What if he just stayed at the door? It is essential to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we move on into the Spirit-filled life. So just challenge yourself We can't get comfortable. Pastor Mark, I'm saved and I'm back with the Spirit. That's all I really need. No, it is not. You have to go forward under the presence of the Holy Spirit, directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit to change the world. Now, so I just wrote this for all of us tonight. Let's follow God forward through the door to the Spirit-filled life. Why? Here's what happens. Every day can be an exciting adventure for Christ followers who are living the Spirit-filled life. A lifestyle directed, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and living under the influence. When the influence says, get ready, open your mouth, here's an operation, here's a time, there's something coming, be ready. Step forward, go forward, it's going to be okay. Do what I ask you to do. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is all-knowing just like God and Jesus were. He's all-knowing. So, I, I, I just want to do one thing now. I want everybody here, just to bow your head, just for a moment. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray for the people I'm going to share the gospel with right now. And that simply means one thing. Now, remember, we have a song after this. And then don't leave, because I have some things that are very special for you. So just hang here, or you're going to miss it all. Okay? Please don't do that. Now, some of you watching tonight, thank you for watching, online, uh, you're at our campuses, Vieira, Sebastian, you're here, or you're at home, you're watching, you, you love God, and we learn something important. I know you love God, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, look at the verse that Peter shared to people that didn't even believe in Jesus. Look what he says. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name than Jesus under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter heard one other truth. We didn't talk about it tonight, but he knew this. He would use it a lot. Jesus says this, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father who lives in heaven. You'll never get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ paid for all of our sins. We talked about that with our song tonight. So, in a short time, we saw these truths change 5,000 people who didn't even believe in Jesus. They believed in God, but they didn't believe in Jesus. They repented. They asked God to forgive them. They put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and they became followers of Jesus Christ. Their sins were forgiven. They got a brand-new start. Now, as you think about that, all these changes, today, the Bible says, the day of salvation. If you're here or watching and you would like to ask God to forgive you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and to put your faith in him. Now, remember, some of you also may be watching. This is very common for all of us. We talked about the old flesh. Some of you need to make a recommitment. You used to follow God. You got stuck, and you didn't go down the wrong road. You went down the way wrong road, away from God, and you're on your own, and it's a miserable life. You know how to come home. But Satan will always say to you, God will not forgive you. Remember, Satan is always a liar. God loves you. He will forgive any sin. Otherwise, we're all dead here right now. But he is gracious. We sang that as well. So I want you, if you want your life to change whole, it'll happen tonight. You'll become a Christ follower. He'll come and live inside of you, the Holy Spirit, give you joy and peace, direct your life and everything in your life will change. So if you want to make that commitment to accept Jesus or to make a basically a recommitment, just bow your heads wherever you're at and quietly under your breath pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. I was shocked to see all those people being changed by Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, and I want to have my life changed tonight. Those of you that need to make a recommitment, just say, "God, I'm sorry that I walked away. I'm ready to come back home. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be maybe very better than I ever was before. That I will obey you, and my heart will be changed to go and follow you." So. As you're praying that, let me just say this. I know that you're going to look forward to a new life. I can't change you. You will never be good enough. But God will change every person who repents and puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Every person who asks for God to forgive them and become a follower of Christ, he does exactly that. Thank you. Just say this right now to God. Thank you, God, for saving my life. And I look forward to a life of purpose, hope, and meaning. In Jesus' name, amen.